بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Dear brothers, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Continuing we have started the last few weeks to talk about the case of self-purification and we said that Allah سبحانه وتعالى in his holy book made a great deal about this case the case of self-purification and we said that Allah سبحانه وتعالى in one position in the holy Quran in one surah he made 11 swearing أقسم سبحانه وتعالى 11 times about one case in the same surah in the same page continuous one after another why what for what is the case it's the case of self purification أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والشمس والشمس وضحاها والقمر إذا تلاها والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها These are all swearings For what? قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها those ones who purify themselves they have won those ones who do not purify themselves they lose قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها so because of this we needed to talk about the case of self-verification in some verses insha'Allah Continuously, we started about explaining what do we mean by the self or nafs, which is mentioned in the Holy Quran with three types or three descriptions or qualifications: al-nafs al-ammara, al-nafs al-lawama, al-nafs al-mutmainna. Then we talked about the case of the heart, upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam which is narrated by al-Bukhari al-Muslim that al-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhuma said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the end of the hadith he said ala wa inna fil jasadi mubgha iza faluhat faluhat jasadu kulluh wa iza fasadat fasad al-jasadu kulluh ala wa hiya al-qalb it is the heart if the heart is okay purified, clean the whole body will follow if the heart is not the whole body will follow what is in the heart is actually is the leader the heart is the leader of the body so if the heart is good the whole body will be good if the heart is bad the whole body will be bad and in between so many kinds of people we reach to talk about the case of the four poisons or toxins for the heart of course the heart when we talk about the poisons we mean the mental poisons which is affecting the heart to be dead or sick in this case we get four cases or four kinds of poisons or toxins that will affect the heart the extras extra talking 
extra watching, extra co uh, eating, and extra gathering. We talk about the first two, and we explain that how they are going to affect the heart and hurt the heart until it is sick or maybe dead. Tonight we talk about the other two, inshallah, before we continue to talk about what is the good things for the heart that will be more alive and more purified. Extra eating is clear. When you read the word extra eating, you understand that we mean, or what's meant by that is, a person who is too busy to eat, very busy to eat, always thinking of food and eating, even in the side of the health, medically, it is hurting the body. When a person is eating and eating and eating, the body will become fat, sicknesses will come to the body. But we are not talking about the body, we are talking about the heart. So what is the effect, yani where is the effectiveness, where is the relation between the body hurted by eating and the heart hurted by eating? Well, still we are talking about the case of medical side or medicine side, that the heart will have heart attack or they have, you know, whatever they call them. So we are talking about what is the effectiveness of so much eating, extra eating on the heart. That can, that can be really seen in the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is narrated by Al-Muqdad Ibn Ma'di Karib radiallahu anhu said that ma malaa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ma malaa adaniyun wa'aan sharran min batna in different words of this hadith and mentioned by so many of the sunan uh, gatherers like Imam Ahmad and Tirmidhi and Nasai and so on the meaning of the hadith is that no, nothing worse than filling the body or the stomach of the human being. That's the worst thing that you can fill. You can fill a part, you can fill anything, but the worst part is the stomach of the human being. Why? Because, as we will see later on, it will read it in so many cases, but before that, let's see why he said this and what's the end of this hadith. He said to Allah Sallam to continue this hadith بِحَسَبِ لِآدِمْ لُقَيْمَاتٍ يُقِنَّ صُلْبَةٍ It's enough for the human being few pieces of food to eat to make his body stand still and if it's must or he has to eat more then no more than third, third, third ثُلُثُ لِطَعَامِهِ وَثُلُثُ لِشَرَابِهِ وَثُلُثُ لِنَفْسَهِ Third of the stomach is for the food third of the stomach is for the water or the drink and the third, the third, third is for the air nafas subhanallah if you go and ask any doctor about such a case he will tell you this true that the stomach is the house of the sicknesses and that found with one German doctor he is not a Muslim by the way he is a Kafir but he had a a sign behind his office in the hospital saying that the stomach is the house of this disease or sicknesses. That's in Arabic, Al-Ma'idatu Baytudda'. The sicknesses start from the stomach. Subhanallah. Extra food means extra trouble. But we are not talking about the body again. We are not talking about the diseases or sicknesses of the body. We are talking about the heart. So what kind of effectiveness, what kind of problems the, the extra food will do to the person? 
usually full stomach will lead to some cases bad cases first case laziness in worshiping if a person is full he will not be as strong or yani uh, he is not, not going to have enough strength to do the worshiping that Allah Ta'ala created him for وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ to worship not to eat he did not say لِيَأْكُلُونَ او لِيَشْرَبُونَ او لِيَنَامُونَ no he said وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ اي لِيَعْبُدُونِ to worship me سبحانه وتعالى so when a person is full that's definitely and known that the blood of the whole circle blood in the body will go to the stomach to help for taking care of the food so the mind will be tired the head will be tired the whole body will be tired and you can see easily if you come very hungry from work and your wife is preparing you a fantastic food then you eat a lot then it's hardly to stand up from your place that's natural I have a joke you know friend of us or colleague of us in work when I was working in Saudi Airlines he said Allah, sometimes when I eat my food because I am so hungry, I cannot even stand up to clean my hands. So after I finish cups, I just go down and sleep. That's natural. It's natural. Medically, it's true. When a person eats a lot, his stomach is full, there should be a lot of work in the stomach in order to take care of this food. So the whole body will be missing the blood. So he will be so late. So eating too much, or very much even is not good in Islam but that will affect the, the heart in this case the second case is that when a stomach is full the desire, the bad desires will come the bad desires, the shahawat will come to the body so the heart will be weak in this case and that's really natural also because the body will be having enough food, enough strength to do bad things. Remember that Muhammad told us, or he gave a good advice to these young guys, the youth, that if you can marry, go ahead, if you have enough money. If you don't, fast. Why? فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ وِيْجَعْ يَا مَعْشَرَ الشَّبَابِ مَنْ اسْتَطَاعَ مِنْكُمْ الْبَاءَةَ فَلْيَتَزَوَّجْ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَتَفَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالصَّوْتِ فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ وِجَاءٍ وِجَاءٍ أَرَدْ مِنْ سُكَتْ So, صوم or fasting will cut the desires or the bad desires. So, he will not think of things that he cannot catch. Of course, Allah created the man and women, both of them, they, يعني, they are attracted by the other one, the other part. So, if the person is so young, so healthy, and he is full, Naturally, he will look for the other part of him, the second part as they call it. So, if he is not capable of marriage, he could go in the wrong way. And you can see this easily in the other countries where they allow zina and they make special houses or areas for it. Why do you do this? Because people are looking for it. Why are they looking for it? Because they are not really thinking of what Allah likes or not. Yeah, you could say this is in Kafirin land, maybe, but why is it in Muslim land? Why Muslim countries allow such, such cases? This is very really strange. Although even the Kafirin land, they don't need it anymore now. Believe it or not. 
يعني as in the West as an example you cannot find these dirty ladies who sell their bodies for money why? so clean? no but they can they, they, the, the guys can buy it freely anywhere in the, in the bar in the college in the work you can have this zina free and why, why to go and pay money for it? that's Allah Alaihi so this is really a dangerous case if you think of it so the body gets strength strong has strength for bad desires if he has extra food or more food the third case of extra eating the body will be as we said in the beginning as medically it will, the body will be down sicknesses and so on if the person is sick he cannot do salah as supposed to be he cannot make fasting as he's supposed to be he cannot make hajj and umrah maybe he cannot at all yeah, he's sick he's so he has too much sick like we have blood pressure we have uh, sugar blood sugar and so on why is this because extra eating less working uh, nowadays if you ask anywhere in this world you'll find a lot of people are really having trouble with extra weight because they eat more than they, are, they, they can afford to use. Maybe if you, yani, uh, decades ago, like in this country as an example, you cannot find a fat person. You cannot find people who have eat so much because they don't have so much. They work a lot from the early morning until the evening and they eat very limited because they don't have much. So, in this case, they don't have anybody, they cannot see somebody fat or extra weight. Better than that, of course, the way of Muhammad sallallahu Always, if you want to see what is the correct thing, is go ahead directly and see how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa did it. How did Muhammad sallallahu used to eat? As we said, we mentioned so many times, our mother Aisha was telling her nephew, Urwa ibn Zubayr, that it is christened, another christened, another christened, three christened in two months, 60 days, and no cooking will be in the houses of Muhammad so what was their food? the two blacks the water and this why do you call them black? water is transparent but the Arabic language sometimes takes the generality so they say both because the dates are black okay and the water is following so they call them two blacks Al-Aswadan Al-Tamru Wal-Ma even the time when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was uh, ruling the whole Arabian Peninsula now, which is Saudi Arabia and Yemen and uh, Oman and so on, there were a lot of money is coming. Still he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not really eat more than he used to do sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr is the same, radiallahu anhu wa Umar bin Khattab, radiallahu anhu and so on. Just remember that Umar bin Khattab, radiallahu anhu, he used he used to wear a clothes with, with 14 cuts in it. A soap with 14 cuts in it. While he's ruling a country starting from Egypt and up to Afghanistan, from Turkey up to the south of Sudan. And he used to be so hungry, especially in the year of Ramada. The year of Ramada was no water, was no rain for a few years and people cannot find much to eat. So he stood up once to, into the member to make Jum'ah Khutbah, his stomach started to growl. So he told his stomach growl or don't growl, you will not be filled until the whole Muslim sons eats enough. Don't ask how are we going to have a leader like this because we have to be first, like the people who was in the time of Umar, 
so we will ask for a leader like Umar. That's the case. Right. In this case, to be hungry sometimes is very healthy. That's why fasting is good for a human being because it will stop him from eating more than he needs. So the body will be strong enough and good enough for Salah. Just imagine, just think that how much time they are praying during the night especially. They, stay, they spend most of the night praying for Salah while they are so hungry. While we are full, we cannot wake up for a better prayer. How is this? It's vice versa. But that's what we can say about the case of uh, extra eating. The fourth part of the case, or the fourth poison we need to talk about is the case of extra gathering. And this is really need to give a little bit of discussion because some of our brothers here, they, يعني, they mentioned, you know, what do you mean by extra gathering? What is meant by that is gathering, the opposite of it in Arabic is called uzla. يعني, privacy or retirement to be away from people, whether completely or partly. Completely is not allowed in Islam. That's called Rahbaniyyah. That's what happened to the, Christ, the Christians when they start to have the monasteries. That's not allowed in Islam. A person to go in the monasteries, to so far away from the people, that's not allowed in Islam. Because we are supposed to have Jum'ah, Salah, Jama'ah, uh, five times a day, Salah, Jama'ah. We have to be with people, but actually we have to make it level. How's that? To have our privacy and we have gatherings. And these gatherings have to be also with conditions. But let's see what we mean by privacy. Privacy means that you have to have your own time alone, far away from the people, to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In tahajjud, in reciting Holy Quran, in making your dhikr. Yani at least, as Umar al-Khattab said, خُذُوا بِحَفْظِكُمْ مِنَ الْعُزْلَةِ Have your own part of being far away from people. And Sheikh Islam Zaymi, as an example, he used to say, he used to pray Al-Fajr with Jama'ah, or by Jama'ah because he was the Imam, and he stays after Al-Fajr until the sun comes almost say 9 o'clock in the morning, staying in the masjid talking to nobody, just doing his dhikr, reciting Holy Quran. Why is he doing this? Although people wanted him because he was a big scholar and people want to ask him questions, he said no, leave me alone now. So each one of us has to have his own part or of privacy. When we come to gathering, which is the other side of the case, gathering in here, if it is not controlled, if it is without conditions, it will lead to so many bad things will happen. The major case will happen in these gatherings is ghibah. Ghibah is to talk about people in bad, Muslims. That guy is told, this guy is this, this guy and this guy has done this and he's this and he starts to say bad things about what's wrong with that? this is a major sin by the way Kabira and if a person dies without repenting from this Kabira in the judgment day he's under the Mashiach of Allah SWT Allah may forgive him or Allah SWT may send him to Jannah for some time then he will go to Jannah just because saying things, bad things about the people and remember once Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was, was walking with some of his, his Sahaba. They came back from some uh, battle of this, uh, battle, battle of Islam, Ghazawat. And he heard two 
صحابة سوكو لابد نظر وان لكي لبدت تباد ورزة بعد ذات قال سويد نفسه يا نفسه until they pass by a dead donkey with four five days death يعني his legs are like this his stomach is this much because he is dead for four days or three days so he said who يعني صلى الله عليه وسلم دميل فسد Where were these two guys who were talking about their, their brother? He said, yes, here we are. He said, get down and eat from this dead donkey. Astaghfirullah. Ya Rasulullah, how are we supposed to come and eat from this dead donkey? He said, yes. What you have done about your brother, you said about your brother, worse than eating from this donkey. A dead donkey with three days or four days? And how, what do you imagine? What do you think this donkey is like? How do you think this meat is like? A donkey and four days or three days dead? سبحان الله العظيم ثورته. سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم a practical advice. a practical advice that what you have said about your brother is worse than eating from the meat of this dead donkey. These gatherings usual unfortunately will not be good unless there is some kind of ghiba about Muslim brothers which is very dangerous. Of course there are some good gatherings where the people gather and sit down and talk about their deen, about da'wah, about Islam, about ilm and so on even about particular lives, yani about their children and fine but usually, unfortunately, as, uh, as far as people know there is really riba coming among Muslims so, in this case, how are we going to deal with this? with the case of gathering or extra gathering okay, first of all, let's see the types of people in the case of gathering yani before you go and say I will gather I will not gather I will be in Uzla or privacy I will not no you have first of all to see the people the types of the people when you, when you are with them in, in gathering how are they going to be then you can decide Shaykh al-Islam ibn, ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah he gave us four types of people in the case of gathering he said the first part or the first sex of the people in the case of gathering like, like food you cannot do without it some people gathering with them is like food you cannot do without it and you cannot eat more than you are supposed to eat from it these are the scholars and the good people like you this gathering is important and you need it every day because this will help you to live your Islam, to find your brothers who help you in your life, to deal about, to talk about Islam, about your life, about your, you ask scholars about, about things that you didn't know about your Islam and so on. So this is really like food. You cannot do that. But don't eat much of it, even though. If there are scholars, you cannot eat more than you're supposed to. You stay with the scholars for 24 hours, you cannot. You have, you have children, you have house, and he is also busy. He has children, he has his ibadah, you cannot, but you can't. Meet him, if you can do that daily, Alhamdulillah, that's fantastic. The second type of people are the people who are like medicine. Medicine, you need only if you are sick. This type of people, number two, people like, who are like medicine. They are the first one are food, these are like medicine. I like this, you know, he gave this, he gave some kind of good examples that you can really Imagine how things go with these sects or types of people. Medicine you need it only if you are sick. 
and most of your life alhamdulillah you are not sick so you don't need these people except when you really need them like when a sick person needs them need the, the medicine these people like, like colleagues in work or these people who are regular people who are people of dunya and so on so when you need them like work and things yani, uh, your colleague in work as an example some of them are no good they are really yani, bad people so these people you should deal with them official salam alaykum salam kya bil halakat say that's not that no more because if you have the best medicine antipathics which is for 90 riyals or 100 riyals will you eat it all? no you will take it exactly as the doctor will give you one, twice a day or three once a day or three times a day that's, that's all but you will say if this is a medicine it's very important if you eat once and khalas finish no you just take from it as much as you need when you finish the khalas stop it you're not going to repeat it again khalas so these people are the same as medicine the third type of the people people who are like diseases people who are, who are like diseases they don't have any benefit in deen or dunya they don't benefit you in deen or dunya they are like sickness they are like illness if you gather with them you probably use whether in deen or dunya they hurt you in dunya they hurt you in deen that's what Muhammad Sallallahu told us in the hadith about the Jaleef Jaleef al-Salih wa Jaleef al-Sayyid Jaleef al-Salih like a person who is selling perfumes perfumes if you come to him he will give you some good smelling whether you buy or not and maybe you buy from him so this is Jaleef al-Salih the good people the other one is like the one who is putting a fire to make things metal things this person, whether he yani burn your clothes by this, you know, jumping fire, or you will have a bad smell in your clothes because of her. So these people run away from them. People like disease. There's the last part of these people or kind of people like poison or toxic. These are the bid'ah people, the nepality people, the shirk or polytheism people. Run away from them. The people who really go for the wrong way. Not the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us a way, gave us a way of worshipping Allah. They have a different way. They tell you, don't, don't go to the masjid for a salah. Make your own salah at home in darkness. And make this kind of zikr done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like hay, hay, hu, hu, and these things. Run away from these people. People of Tariqah. Naqshabandi, Qadiri, Sahra Wardi, so on. Run away from them. There's the Tariqah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is the best Tariqah. That's the best way. That's what he told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith. Iftarakat al-Nasara. Iftarakat al-Yahud ila 71 firqah. Kullaha fil-Nar illa wahida. Waftarakat al-Nasara. إلى ثنتين وسبعين فرقة كلها بالنار لا واحدة وسيفترق هذه الأمة أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى ثلاث وسبعين فرقة كلها بالنار لا واحدة 73 sects or groups will be among the أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم all of them in hellfire except one أبن الحديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم so صحابة those good people those fantastic people that is أفضل يا رسول الله who are they who is this group tell us about it we want to be one of them he said, those who are 
doing exactly I'm doing and my followers, my companions. So the tariqah of Muhammad is the tariqah. Don't think about that another tariqah. Rizai, Rakshabandi, Qalib, Jesus, Khaliwal. Take the tariqah of Muhammad. No one knows the deen of Islam better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So take it from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Otherwise, gathering with these people of bid'ah or novelties or innovations, what will happen to the Muslim? He will be affected by them. Especially if he is having no much knowledge of Islam. Easily they will desert him to the wrong way. But if he is capable of discussing with them, they will throw him away. They will not accept him. That's why if you want to go with some of these groups or this tariqah, if you want to join them, they will not accept you. If you know a lot about Islam, especially about Tawheed or Monophism. Why? Because they know you will nag to them and stop them from their own things. They want you just to follow, like what they say in their tariqah, that you have to be with your sheikh, like a dead person, when he is clean. Now just imagine, the person who is died or who is dead, you bring them on a table to clean him. Can you say, no, no, please clean this, no, no, don't clean this, please do this. He's dead, you can't throw him as you like. Flip him like you do. Even a soap in his eyes. So he will not play. He will not say anything. He's this person. They want. Yeah, that's what they say in the tariqah. You have to be like this person with your sheikh. Don't ask. Don't claim. Don't say anything. Subhanallah al Something unbelievable. I have read some of, in some of these books about this tariqah people. That they reach the point that they yeah, make magic on their followers. Salamis. They do bad things with them, with their wives, and they cannot say anything because then that's okay. This is our sheikh. He doesn't make any mistakes. Subhanallah al Ma'asum. Ma'asum is only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his uh, brothers of Nabiyyin. But this is human are not Ma'asum. So these people of bid'ah or polytheism or bad things or drink alcohol or these things run away from them. They are poisons. If you don't. Yani, and that's natural, usually people will be affected by them, they will be hurted. So these four people, I'm talking about the extra gathering, will explain to you now what do we mean by extra gathering. So you will gather with the people only on good things. The rest of the time, run away from them. Have your own privacy. You have to have a time in your life, in your daily schedule, that this time is only for me. I will not talk to anybody. You sit in your office, or at home, at your room, read. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do the dhikr. Like the morning dhikr and the evening dhikr. Al-Kar al-Sabah al-Masah. When are you going to do it? You have to have your own privacy. Far away from people. When are you going to recite Quran? You have to have your own privacy. When are you going to pray at night? You have to have your own privacy. So there has to be part of your schedule daily alone, far away from people. Rest of the day, you will be with your family to teach them to be in the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When you are with the others, you have to be so careful not to let them drive you in the wrong way, but you drive them in the correct way. At work, at some parties of your relatives or close friends, you are attending these parties, be careful not to let them drive you in the wrong way. You drive. Be a leader. But a leader to the good things. Otherwise, you will be leading to the wrong things. That's the life. That's the way of gathering with the people. That's the way Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
That's the way if Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman Ali, the Sahaba, the good people, the scholars of Islam, they are doing this. Whenever they are good people, they are using the time to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator and standard of everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. So put this in mind. In any gathering, we are supposed to drive this gathering to the correct way. Of da'wah, oh, fantastic. When a person working for da'wah, he's using every gathering to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the way of Muhammad Every time he meets the kafirin, the mu'mineen, he is using this to make people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are we going to take from these people? Money? No. What else? Only just to try to help them out to be good Muslims. Or even the kafirin, what Muhammad used to do? He used to go to them and call them for Islam. Did he go to them just to enjoy and have discussions and, and uh, discussion and uh, gurgling as you call it and, you know, and, and uh, just talking about the, with the people about things and what happened to them there. And what is the use if we would sit down with people and start to talk about politics and say, oh, what happened to Uruguay? Argentina? And what happened to this? What the use? What if you knew all what happened in Argentina that day? Or that week? Or that month? What the use? What the use if you know what happened in such and such state in the United States? What the use? No use. It's only losing the time in Gurgan, which is... What if the time is used also to, I would like to make bad things? Or to call for bad things? That's another worse. That's even worse. But if the time is used to remind people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ so you remind people about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remind, remind them about Jannah, about Nar. Remind them about this dunya. Remind them about the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the life of Sahaba. Remind them about what happened. Yani lots of our children, our people, Muslim brothers, they don't know much about Sahaba. They don't know much about what happened in the battles of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Why don't we study this and when we come to a gathering, just bring two, three stories about what happened in the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People listen to you because they love stories but bring them the way that they like it. So you tell them a story, but this story actually is about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Stories about the Quran, with Allah told us, how many stories in the Quran? So many. So many stories about the, uh, the prophets and, and the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the stories of the, the other nations who rejected the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed them, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them. So many stories. Why do we use and drop it to the people? Let the people get closer to Allah by learning more about the Quran. Ask your children about Ahlul Kaf. Do they, do they know about them? Ask them about these people who left thousands out of their towns, which is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah. Ask them about the life of Ibrahim alayhi salam, or his son Ismail. Ask them about the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi mushkil. You find really, uh, lots of ignorance in, our, in the life of our children about the, the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But if you ask them about the other stories, like the stories of the cricket players. Oh, you find so much. He will tell you about such and such cricket player who is known about everybody. Oh, he was born in this and he did this and he did this and he made this and... Subhanallah. Ask him about Hilal and Nasr. Oh, they will tell you every person of this. And if you ask some of these Saudis now, children, who's playing with the Nasr? They will tell you this guy, this guy, this guy. He, not only the, the, the 11 ones who are work, uh, playing in the... In the Ground, but the three also do about the extras. But if you ask him how many are the Mubashirin of the Jannah, he will not know they are ten. In fact, he will not know the name of Sahaba. Who, 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 was, who was the mistake? Our mistake. It's our mistake that we did not really teach our children since the beginning that this is the true life, like Muhammad and Sahaba. 
not the life of this player or this singer. Yani ask him this children about the singer or such and such. Subhanallah. He will tell you about this uh, actress or actor. He will tell you all what about his life. He was born in such and such. This, uh, what do you call it? Nurjahan. Ask him about Nurjahan. He will tell you full. That's for old people. I don't know about the new people. They have new ones. But this, I heard that some of our old uh, friends, they told us that there was some actress called Nurjahan, right? Maybe you didn't remember it, huh? And this, they tell you what it was. Huh? Bakhtanza? I don't know. However, I just heard this from some brother. So, but ask him about the life of Khadija, radiallahu anha, or Aisha, or Hafsa, or Sauda bin Tizam'a, and so on. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? I never heard of these names. Subhanallah. Who is mistake this? It's our mistake. So we are supposed, and just imagine now, if you, tonight, go home and read a book about the, our mother Aisha, radiallahu anha. Then you bring your children to I'll tell you a story tonight. Oh, you enjoy it. Thank you, Bob. Give us. Oh, there was a lady, Allahu Akbar, she was nine years old when she married Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she did this, and she did that, and she said, Ya Salaam. Your children will be happy because they are hearing a story, new story. They are sick of stories of, of Babai or uh, Tom and Jerry or uh, Woody Woodbecker. Khalas, ya they are sick of it. Tell them something new. Tell them something new. Subhanallah al ending this before we go on and so on this case. Uh, one of your brothers, Jazal Khair, he mentioned to me last week about the case of yani, watching or seeing, extra seeing. And he said that, you said that people when they go out in the streets or the hospitals, they see women with no hijab, with a full uh, maquillage, okay, all of these things, you know. And he said that Muslims should really keep his eye down. What about these women? Why don't we talk to the people who are responsible for these women? Where are the husbands? Where are the fathers? When a Muslim gets out of his house with his daughter of 16 years old or 19 years old, showing her face and her, her hair, a pretty good looking lady, and he will get angry if somebody looks at her. Yeah, the person who is giving the, the, the sweet an open pot. And he will get angry if the, if the, if the uh, flies come into it. Yes, sir. Camera, yeah. I have seen an internet, one, 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 uh, a really smart drawing. Or a picture, actually. A picture, he made a picture, a guy who made a picture of two sweets. Two sweets. One is covered, so it's clean. The other one is open, and so many flies into it. These are the ladies. When a lady is open, the hair, the face, the eyes, huh? all these colors in the face. Do you think people will say, no, 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 Allah will not see? La ilaha illallah. Who is responsible for that? The father, the husband, the brother. Where are they? And if they are busy with the other women also. A Muslim is responsible in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yawm al-qiyamah. In front of Allah he will be asking him, what have you done with your people? Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun ar-ra'iyyata. That's what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. Each one of us is responsible for his people, his wife, his children, his, all of these, including the servant, the, the housemate. You are responsible for her also. You are not allowed to let her go like this. 
For who? Women or men? Both. For women, it is not allowed even among women. For men, it is not allowed in front of the others. Because this will show, okay, conditions of salah for the clothes is two conditions. Okay? First of all, that the clothes will not be transparent. Yani we have some turban, so it is three thing that you can see the, the color of the body or the skin. If this is showing the thigh, salah is not accepted. This is not enough. Sheikh Babaz used to say this. And with thighs that will show the body, it is not enough. Because these, yani, um, these two conditions, to be wide enough and to be also thick enough. Two conditions for unclothed. To be wide enough, to be thick enough. But wearing this so tight, this was with the person even makes sujood easily. Sometimes when he makes sujood, his back will be shown, so his salah is broken. And the people behind him who are seeing him also say salah is broken. Because this is aura. Aura is seen, khara. Salah is patah. So a Muslim really should not. And that's part of our problems among Muslims brothers that they are covering the kafirin or resembling the kafirin in their clothes, which is not allowed. Yani alhamdulillah. We're not saying that every pants or t-shirt is a resembling the kafirin, but we say that if your people are wearing this, you have to wear something wide enough, not so tight. Don't resemble these people of kafirin who are wearing these things. Most of the, our youngsters, they are covering the kafirin in these cases. Now Saudi they start to do this also. Unfortunately, you can see this. Before we were not using this, we were only, only, only hope. Even though now becoming cut. Subhanallah I don't know what the people is having with this tightness. Jazakallah khair. So it's not allowed in Islam, especially in case of Salah. No, not that it's not, uh, if it's not resembling the Catherine, it's wide enough, no problem. But if it's resembling the Catherine, these t-shirts, neck ties and so on, it's not allowed in Islam, no. What about the color? Huh? Color? Color. Color. What do you mean by color? The color of what? The clothing means? Well, there is no, no clear yani, uh, hadith about uh, special colors, but usually the red colors are for women. A man usually should use yani, colors which is not so uh, strong colors. You know? Uh, also, the colors of the women should, not, should be avoided. Uh, I think what they call it, mauve, or what they call it, some kind of colors which is only used for women usually. Even now, you can see it in the mobiles, and the mobile, there are some colors are for women, some colors for men. Why, why not the clothes also? So, yani, a man should really always, and that's why, because Muhammad he cursed those men who copy women, or resemble women. And he cursed the women who is resembling men. So a man should be, and that's, subhanAllah, and this deen is giving us proudness. We are proud of this deen, we should really be proud of ourselves. We are proud of our Islam. We should wear the way that we are showing that to men. Why a man try to copy women? SubhanAllah, I, don't, I cannot find any reason for that. Yes. Sir. 
Okay, the case of covering the face is um, a lot of discussion about it. Some Muslims outside of Saudi Arabia, <coughs> some scholars they say the face is not counted as part of the hijab. Uh, our cousin here they say it's part of hijab. Say, believe this both. Let's see now reality. What is the best part of the woman? The face, the eyes. Right? So, if she is showing the best part of her, what there is? There is sakhras. No need. When a person looks to the face of the woman, what do we see? A white, nice lady, big eyes, nice nose, very nice, fantastic lips. Khalas. He will give directly as this khalas. Shaitan will come here. Right? So let's go and look to her back. The back of the head or the back of the... So, yani, if it is not in Islam, at least to just, what they call it in, in, in uh, Islamic fiqh, Sajjid-Daraya. Sajjid-Daraya means to stop the things which will lead to trouble. So if this is going to lead to trouble, and this will happen actually, so we should cover. It's not a Saudi system. If it's not a Islamic system, throw it away. Don't take, don't take any system of Saudi. Take the system of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sahaba is clearly upon the ayah. Try to remember the ayah. But as soon as this ayah descended by Allah Ta'ala to Muhammad the Ansari ladies directly took their clothes and put it like this. Directly. Directly. So Aisha was admiring these ladies, saying, MashaAllah, these ladies, when they heard the ayah directly, they covered their face. So what's the problem here? Why people are not covering this? Why not following this? Of course, there is a lot of pressure against those people who are putting, covering their faces because the shaitani people are trying really to drag Muslims into the battle. A young man, yeah, just imagine, you are, uh, you are accompanying your young daughter, 15 years old, 16 years old, years old and she is uncovering her face, even without any color, and you meet a young guy. 17 years old or 19 or so on. Will he look to you or look to your life? Just ask this question. You are uncovered face. You have no hijab. At all, even your head is there. He won't look at you. He will look to your daughter. Why? Because Allah has already created this desire among us. A man will look to the woman. He will look to her. That's why Allah says also, كل المؤمنين يغضوا من أبصارهم وَيَحْفَظُ فُرُوجَهُمْ وَقُلْ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغُضُضُنَا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ Even the ladies should put down their eyes. And be careful when you read this ayah. قُلْ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Okay? وَيَحْفَظُ فُرُوجَهُمْ Subhanallah. Collection in here. That if you keep your eyes down, your forge will be clean. If you don't, you don't. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about zina. وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الزِّنَا He didn't say don't break zina, no. He said don't be close to zina. Why? Means that if anything will lead you to zina, you should throw it away. Part of it to look. Part of it to look. So, يعني, subhanAllah, this ayah is very, very, very miracle. وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الزِّنَا لَا تَقْرَبُوا means don't get closer to. He didn't say don't do zina. Although what refused was rejected, what, يعني, uh, abuse is the case of doing zina. 
That's why Zina, will not, and the person will not be hit or killed with rod unless he puts his N into her. That's Zina. Otherwise, touching or kissing or this is not Zina. But he does say don't make Zina. He said don't get closer to Zina. Because getting closer is khalas. Like a person who's falling from higher area to down, khalas. He, he cannot stop himself. If one Sahabi or some Sahabi couldn't stop themselves when they stopped this case. Any person, any strong man, when he was with a, that's what Hassan told us, not to be alone with a lady in an area which is closed there. Why? Because Shaytan is there. ما خلا رجل بامرأة إلا كان الشيطان ذلكهما. Shaytan will be the third. A man and a woman, Shaytan is there. And they will, will drag him piece by piece. Both the man and the woman, both of them will be dragged by Shaytan until they fall into zina. So why, why are we leaving the steps of Shaytan to lead us to the zina? Na'udhu billah. Jazakumullah khair. Any questions? Subhanakallah wa rahmatullah. Jazakumullah khair.